Welcome to Talking Work, the employment law podcast by Use Laboris. In each episode, we invite a different guest to discuss what's happening in the world of work. If you're an HR professional of any kind, this podcast is for you. My name is Sam Everett, and joining me today is Frank Steinecker, Professor of Human-Computer Interaction at the University of Hamburg. Frank's research is about understanding how human cognitive abilities interact with computer reality and how immersive technology will affect our modern digitized workplace. Frank will speak about artificial intelligence and virtual reality in the workplace at our Legal HR Summit on the 4th of November. So today we're going to take a quick look at some of the issues that Frank will talk about. If you haven't already registered, you can go to LegalHRSummit.com to register for free. So hi, Frank. Welcome to Talking Work. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. Uh, Maybe we should just dive straight in and start off by clarifying what virtual reality is and where the boundary is with artificial intelligence, if there is indeed a boundary. Maybe the best way to explain virtual reality is by using a continuum, which has been introduced in the beginning of the 80s by Paul Milgram. You can think about um, this continuum with two endpoints. On the one endpoint, you will have reality as we know it today. And on the other end um, of this line, we have the completely, purely computer-generated environment, which is the so-called virtual reality. So that means all the things that you see there, that you hear there, that you feel there are purely computer-generated. And in between, on the line of this continuum, we have a mixture of real and virtual objects. And there are other technologies such as augmented reality or augmented virtual In the same way, you can describe such a continuum by looking at intelligence. On the very end point, on the left side, for example, you can depict human intelligence. And on the other far um, end of the other um, um, line, the end of the other line, you can depict, for example, artificial intelligence. So intelligence only produced by computers. And in between, again, you have a continuum in which you can mix, for example, human intelligence with artificial intelligence. And that's the interesting thing of considering virtual reality and artificial um, uh, intelligence on such a continuum. And in both continuums, you will see that the real potential lies always in the combination of real and virtual objects in um, the combination of human intelligence together with artificial intelligence. Uh, That's very interesting. Thanks very much, Frank. And so what what do you think the most likely applications are for virtual reality in the workplace? Mm -hmm. So what we currently already observe is that there is an enormous, enormous interest in so-called social virtual reality platforms or systems which allow for telepresence. So the idea is to connect people from different uh, places from the world and bring them together in a shared space so that each of the participants really have the illusion that there are actually really together in a virtual space. And the advantage of virtual reality is here that people can actually see each other, they can see the gestures that they can perform, they have spatial audio, and therefore get really an illusion of so-called social presence. So really the believing that they are together in the same space. And this, of course, has enormous advancements um, over um, the current uh, COVID situation that we have in which um, the face-to-face communication is really hindered. And virtual reality can give us some of this virtual reality um, of this face-to-face communication back again. Yeah, of course, the use of technology has been exploding rapidly in the workplace over the last six months or so with COVID. And, and do you think anything is changing specifically about, uh, about the adoption of VR in the workplace with that? Or is it too early to tell? 
Mm -hmm. That's a good question. So what we already observe with all the problems of not being able to communicate face-to-face -face, um, is that all the video conference tools or the conference call systems that we use um, really hinder um, a good face-to-face -face communication. So um, there is something called Zoom fatigue, for example, which denotes the fact that we perceive um, those video conferences as cognitively demanding. Um, and also conference calls um, hinder, for example, I can't perceive any gestures, um, I can't perceive any body language, and so on. And I think that in particular in this area, virtual reality and similar technologies have enormous potential to give us some um, aspects of this natural face-to-face -face communication back. And actually, in our group, um, we have performed a couple of virtual reality meetings with my co-workers. And I have really to admit that the cognitive resources required for those virtual reality meetings is much lower than, for example, for a video conference call. And this is due to the fact that a lot of the natural communication mechanisms that we have, and it's um, being said that only a, a very small fraction is actually um, transmitted by our words only and most of the information in a communication is transmitted by our gestures via nonverbal cues etc and vr can bring us some of these cues back so i'm thinking that in particular also after COVID, uh, people started to acknowledge um, 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 the ability to communicate over distances for example by video conferences etc and in particular virtual reality when the technology is also getting better i think will significantly improve the way how we communicate and work together over distances yeah, that's really interesting because uh, video conferences often aren't very effective, but it sounds like you're saying that VR might overcome some of those challenges with uh, virtual meetings. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that it will overcome uh, some of these challenges. In particular, if you think about having better avatar representations. So for now, in most VR systems, you look quite artificial, but I'm expecting that in the future, you will have quite realistic representations of yourself. And at one point in the future, we might even not be able to distinguish between a real participant in such an AR, also augmented reality or virtual reality meeting, or a real participant. And that might be really some, some interesting um, visions also for the future. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. And how, how soon do you think it'll be before it's in the workplace? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the problems with VR is still that it requires an enormous amount of technology. So you have to wear these head-mounted displays, which are quite bulky. You have to install certain software systems, which are typically not super integrated with the remaining workplace. So your other tools, for example, which you use on a desktop computer. But I'm pretty sure that once the form factors of these head-mounted displays might, for example, shrink down to the size of a contact lens or at least an ordinary um, glasses, people are more willing to adapt and um, wear these glasses. And at some point, of course, you will have all the benefits of just being able to perceive all the computer-generated content directly into your eye um, and not on some smartphone or some other devices which you need to carry with you around then. Um, I expect it will still take about five to 10 years or so until the graphics rendering has a quality in which we can't distinguish it from reality anymore. And also that the form factors will further shrink down, I would say, to the size of a regular glass. And I think that will probably be the tipping point at which um, those technologies will be ubiquitous um, and also will reach the um, workplace. Right. Uh, that's very interesting. And what do you think the biggest challenge uh, for us with VR will be? As I mentioned, I think the um, from a technology 
perspective, certainly the form factor. So the head-mounted displays, they have to um, um, get smaller and less bulky and also need better graphics displays and auditory displays. But there are also other challenges which are um, um, still open. Um, so currently we are quite good already with visual auditory displays, but other modalities like haptic, for example, is really not in a, in a stage in which you would um, um, really have a, um, I would say, business to customer. Um, uh, market here really um, valuable. So most haptic displays that we nowadays have are based on simple game controllers, which can only vibrate, but which will not give you full force feedback. So we are not really able to really touch um, virtual objects. And also an interesting question is um, the paradigm shift that we will observe. So the question, how will we interact in a space in which objects can just hover in front of me and are virtually three-dimensional in the space together with me? Because current interaction devices um, are um, pretty much standardized by mouse or keyboard interaction or by touch pens. Um, but if we have something which is just displayed on my contact lens, for example, and is just a hologram in the space, the question is really how to interact with some such environments, in particular, if I don't get any haptic feedback. And it's interesting to see, or it might be interesting to see what kind of interfaces will be used to interact with virtual content, which appears like a hologram in front of you. Yeah, one of the uh, sort of challenges, uh, I guess, in the workplace is that companies and people are traditionally quite slow to adopt technology. You know, we've had uh, desk conferencing systems available for years. Zoom and Teams and Skype, they've all been around for a long time, but we haven't really adopted them until we had this crisis. Um, how do you think we can prepare for, uh, and HR professionals in particular, how do you think they can prepare for virtual reality coming to the workplace? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you just mentioned, that um, um, all the technology was already there and also the software was there. Um, and, and being forced by the COVID uh, pandemic, it looks like the technology wasn't too bad. And it was really surprising that we haven't used that um, more before. And it's, I think it's quite a similar situation with virtual reality. Also, the technology that we have there is already used in a lot of domains. Yeah? So uh, since already the 80s or 90s, uh, virtual reality is extensively used, for example, in, in uh, car manufacturing, in uh, the gas and oil industry. The military has used this technology already since 30 or 40 years or so. So um, I think in particular, at one point, you might just need to get forced to use the technology. So it might be good in particular when you prepare for the technology that you always have an eye on the technology and see how it evolves and for what kind of applications you can actually use it. Um, and, and as with the prices also of this technology is decreasing, I assume that more and more domains will make use of virtual reality technologies. And in particular, in the HR um, sector, you might think about um, all kinds of um, communication with persons can be performed in virtual reality, starting from job interviews, but also for training and education and simulation. Um, those technologies have enormous potential. So um, I would really like to encourage everybody to have an eye on this technology, how the technology evolves and thinking about where we can use the technology. But on the other hand, also, we know that we should not be too technology centered. So people should more think about where do I need help in my business? And uh, it should be really independent of the technology. And for some of the questions, virtuality might be a good medium um, to help and support people, but for others, it might not be. So it's um, like a 
I would say you have to tackle this challenge from two perspectives. So knowing about what is the technology capable of, but at the same time thinking more about what kind of problems shall I or do I want to solve. And hopefully at some point uh, the technology like VR comes together with a problem that you want to solve and then you have a really good um, solution at the end. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing more from you at our Legal HR Summit. The rapid pace of the advancement of computer power and technology is exciting for all of us. COVID-19 is accelerating a lot of changes in the way we work, and it will be really interesting to see how virtual reality is adopted in the future. Yeah, thank you. And looking forward to see you there. Once again, if you'd like to hear Frank's talk in full and also to pick up more sessions, just register for our global conference at www.legalhrsummit.com. That's it for this episode of Talking Work, but we'll be back very soon with more insights from our guests from around the world. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can also visit usaboris.com to access all our content, resources and tools.